Today on Wingman's Garage. Zombie apocalypse bike. What would you do? So we've got another 125cc street legal stupid fun bike. Oh, 200 is a glorified, really well paying out club racer. <coughs> We're sorry, the number you're trying to reach is no longer available. Please hang up and try again. Welcome to Wingman's Garage, where Chris, the adventurer, Daniel, the track rat, and Tyler, the hooligan, meet to share over 40 years of riding experience. Join them as they discuss their journeys, stories, and events of life on two wheels. Need a, a nipple for that bottle there? <laughs> Sippy cup, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> well, I tend to... Like, I'm not like, commenting on that. <laughs> wow, letting that one go. <laughs> Just close your eyes. Earmuffs. <laughs> uh, and welcome back to episode 11 hey, of Wingman's Garage. Ooh, it's been a week. Yeah, Sun's been shining for the most part. It actually feels like spring. It actually feels nice. Yeah, it really does. Um, although the rain kind of sucked this weekend. Yeah, well, it's going to rain some more. Yeah. Hey, Tyler, why don't you come around over here? It rained, it, it rained today. It did, actually. Uh rained quite a bit before yeah. it turned into a pretty nice day. It turned into a nice day, actually. Yeah. So, I was stuck inside at work. Yeah. So. Well, we were supposed to be coming from the actual garage today, but yeah, we got some echo issues. The so echo kind of killed that. that. But uh, yeah, let's get right into things. Uh, first, welcome back. I'm Chris. <coughs> oh, it's my. Are we going? Yes, it's your morning? turn because you're sitting next to me. Oh, I'm sitting next to you. Okay. Hey, it's Daniel. Hello, it's Tyler. And joining us over here in the corner, who's? It's Silent Tina. Who's a little breathless after not being so silent for recording our new intro. Nope. So thank you to Tina for doing that for us. And no, thank you to Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tyler, you <laughs> suck. No, literally. Literally, yeah. <laughs> anyway. In more ways than one. In more ways than one. He's turning red. He is a little red right now. <laughs> and break. All right. So anyway. So. Uh, you got me. Let's get into uh, things that have been going on. Uh, I haven't been able to watch the second round of the Superbike race. No, I don't think any of us have actually been able no. to watch World Superbike yet just because it was a busy weekend. It was. But we do know that uh, Kawasaki's gone ahead and taken the, the podium once again. It's going to be tough for anyone to really top that because the team, the riders, the bike, everything's really click, and it's almost to a point where it's – Harks back to the dominance that Carl Fogarty showed, that Mick Dewan showed. Right. That's the dominance right there. I mean, Carl had his had his fights with Colin and you know and that kind of thing. He didn't really stop winning until he got hurt. Right. So yeah, it's that Kawasaki is going to be a tough package to beat, and they finally figured that bike out. And Kawasaki has finally made a motorcycle that will handle. Mm-hmm. So um, well, this, is, this ZX10 is just looking to just continue to kick ass everywhere yeah. it goes. So uh, Tyler, why are you making the cat meow? What's I'm wrong? Not making with you? it do anything as a choice. <laughs> it's a free animal. It's Sadly, free this animal. cat's choice is usually to to meow as much as yeah. possible. Get, yeah. She'll just scratch your face yeah, off. Yeah, you're gonna get. And I'll laugh. Anyway, Anyways, yeah. but that ZX10, it's going to be 
They've got the, the new write-up in the the, new, the newest performance bikes. I haven't read it yet, but they've got the newest one. And I remember when I sat on it, it it feels like a little bit longer 600. I've got pictures of that. You do have pictures yeah, of that. Yeah, maybe I should post that. Instagram you should post us. that. Remember something you said that day? I don't remember. You're like, no, don't ever put a picture of me on a Kawasaki. No. <laughs> anyway. But it's... What's wrong with a Kawasaki? Eh. It's not as bad as Ducati. Uh, stab. <laughs> stab. Stab. <laughs> but no, I mean, nothing's wrong with a Kawasaki. It's just I'm not... You know, people are di- people like different brands. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, Coke and Pepsi. I grew up on Kawasaki, so... Kind of funny that I'm not very partial to Suzuki, yet one of my favorite bikes I've ever owned is a Suzuki. My but first hey. street bike was a Suzuki. My first street bike was a Suzuki. I think everybody started... I mean, it's... I started off... I had a Me Too. Well, it's one of those where it... The reason why you always saw them at racetracks and everything else, because back in the day, Suzuki had the best contingency money on the planet. Mm-hmm. They paid everything. I mean, yeah. they, you, you could actually make a really good living being a club racer. Living off contingency, Suzuki get in contingency money, mm-hmm. but not so much. Now. Not so much now. But I'm always going to be a Suzuki fan just because of Yoshimura and all that stuff. So yeah, I'm. I can't wait for the new GSXR thousand. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm definitely. I know I'm not going to be able. To, I know I'm not going to buy one. It's just not my bike, not my kind of ride. But I really like it. I can't wait to see it on a racetrack and go. Okay. Uh, well, pending uh, World Superbike, uh, we do know that Nikki had some uh, some issues. DNF but, uh, in the first, he had a mechanical in the first race, mm-hmm. which is really weird for a Honda, because those don't usually have mechanical issues. It's no. very rare, but, especially that at the age that Mike is. It's right. really weird. Yeah. But anyways. Eight years of production. Yeah. But, you know, coming out of it. Um, Nicky did manage to make it somewhere onto the top, top five. Top, he was fifth in race two. Mm-hmm. So you know this is the second week race weekend he's been on the bike. Um, to go from you know making a top ten finish, now he's top five. Oh, where are they going next? Are they? Uh, I didn't even. I brought my left my phone car. Hold on, hold on. Where's the next race? Quick. Can you uh, tell me what to Google? I'll Google it. World Superbike Round Three, 2016. Do it. W S R K. I got it right. Okay, he's good. What are they at? You want me to talk uh, about something while y'all figure this out? No, he's figuring it out. Uh, <laughs> Aragon. Aragon. Okay, yeah. he's done some testing there. They've done some testing there. And that track's actually pretty quick. Really long, fast front straight, but it's kind of start stop in areas. So his dirt tracking ability and the way he rode the GP bike, mm-hmm. the original GP bikes. Oh, yeah. That's going to help. that rear end. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. start, stop, get it through the corner as fast as you can and get it pointed straight and fire it out. Yeah. Square so, it off. Square it off. Yeah. There you go. But, you know, we'll see. I'm, he's going to get podiums this year. I don't think he'll be fighting for – he will he might luck up and get a win or two, but he's not going to be fighting for a championship the way that Johnny Ray's riding and the way that bike's going. All right. It's not going to happen. Um, Giuliano crashed out of race two, tucked the front, hmm. apparently. But – Whatever. Well, Davies. Davies was third both times, I think. Nice. I heard. I don't know. Maybe. How about I just watch the race and we talk about it then? Yeah, we can actually go back more yeah, next go, week. Yeah, we can talk about it. Uh, which also next week we'll be able to talk hopefully about uh, round one of MotoGP at Qatar. Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, and I, I hate saying it. Lorenzo is going to be the strongest one again because that the way that he's been testing – 
you're he's hammering the lap times out. He sets a lap time and he hits that lap time every time for thirty laps, and nobody can touch him. Mm-hmm. I hate it because I'm not a huge fan of him. He's a but he's beautiful to watch ride. You gotta give me he does have talent. He is incredibly fast, and it's I liken it to for all of us car guys the difference between Alain Prost and Aaron Senna, where Senna was really on the limit, always going, always right there on the edge, but he was always blindingly fast, whereas Alain Prost was always very smooth, very, just very fluid lines and everything else. And he won, he won more than Senna, but it's, it's like watching those two, whereas, you know, Marquez and Rossi are the Aaron Senna wild guys and, Lorenzo is the dead. There's the line. I'm going to hit this mark every time as hard as I can. So The uh, dirt world guys out there, that'd be uh, your Kevin Windhams versus your early Ron Villapotos. Yep. Yep. But it's it's going to be it's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a really tough fight. Right. But anyway. Before we segue off into the dirt, because you just watched the Supercross finally. I did. Uh, before we do that, what was that that you heard about? Oh, Moto America. Yeah, Moto America. Uh, this is a very you. weird choice. They did this with Superbike and Superstock. And they're putting where they ran the Superstock and the Superbike races together. They are going to run both the Supersport and the Superstock 600 races together. Hmm. From what it looks like from reading it, they're going to run qualifying separately. And then the top 10 or 12 guys from Superstock 600 are going to jump into Supersport. Hmm. And they're going to run those guys together, and they're going to have a B-Main or Last Chance or whatever and run the Superstock 600 guys for that. Hmm. So it's a weird choice. Weird. I don't know if they're trying to just try something new be- and do it because it's different and weird and trying to figure it out and maybe look, make the grids look bigger. But I don't know. It's going to be tough because – your fast Superstock 600 guys are going to be at best in the mid pack because they're running DOT tires and the Super Sports are running slits. Hmm. So it's it's I'm not a fan of it. Let's put it that way. Right. I don't understand the thinking, the thought process behind it. Hmm. But they've got smarter people working on it than me. So yeah, somewhere along the lines, they know what they're doing. I yeah, hope. we can all hope, anyways. But hey, get Daytona 200 was Saturday. That's true. And good old Barney, Michael Barnes, he's been toiling away as a journeyman racer, club racer, not really satellite satellite team racer. He was on the Buell when Danny Eslick won, but he ended up winning. Florida boy from that area, one Daytona, and got him a nice paycheck. Jeff May got second. It's really weird seeing Jeff May with no sponsors on his letters. That is weird. That's really weird. Straight up privateer. Straight up privateer. The funniest, the, another funny one was they showed this is how the bike that won the won the Daytona 200 got to the track. It is the back of a Toyota Tacoma. Yeah. The, 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 oh yeah, the Toyota the Daytona 200 is a glorified, really well paying out club race now. So because the track just isn't where it needs to be. You can't really run super bikes on it safe. And blah blah blah. So there's that. 
Huh. Well, I'm really happy for Barney. Barney yeah. deserved it. He's been fighting for that win for a long time. And from what I saw, what I, the pictures I saw of it, he checked out. Hmm. He was gone. And that never happens at Daytona. Wow. Never have somebody just check out and leave at Daytona. It's always a pack at the end. Hmm. But anyway. All right. Well, good for him. Yep. All right. So uh, tell us about Dirk for Supercross. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Bike Week and the Daytona 200, of course, kick off Bike Week with the Supercross race in Daytona, which I didn't touch on last week because uh, I hadn't got a chance to see it yet. So Friday night, I finally caught up on that race. And, of course, Saturday night we had Toronto, mm-hmm. um, which, holy crap, uh, talk about an exciting race. Um, quick recap on Daytona. Uh, not really that much of an exciting track. Um, a lot of the riders had a lot of complaints about it. It wasn't put together very well this year. Um, the track was didn't, didn't jive well. Didn't uh, Basically just the lines weren't hitting right. It wasn't smooth. It wasn't, you know, and... When I say smooth in, in the sense of everything, just it felt like you rode part of a track and then went to another track and went to another track. The rhythm sections didn't really jive in themselves with each other. So a lot of, a lot of riders complaining about it. Um, Chad Reed, which you know we usually don't see this out of, was one. Um, as a matter of fact, and now I'm drawing a blank. He and somebody else both hit. Ended up in the LCQ. Wow. Um, wow. Come out and obviously come out and race. Uh, he ended up getting, I believe, 14th place. Um, yeah, uh, now that being said, Tomac, wow, um, did what we've been waiting for him to do, come out and pretty much checked out and left the pack. Really? Uh, sitting. Hmm. Um, so great, uh, you know, yeah. broke broke the uh, losing streak that uh, Monster Energy Kawasaki has had since Ryan Villapoto won his last race oh. um, before leaving Supercross permanently in 2014. Wow. Um, so, <clears throat> obviously good for them. Yeah. Uh, Dungy, strong as always. Uh, so then we moved on to Toronto, where it just seemed to have even a myriad of more problems. Uh, 250 riders uh, popping tires like crazy. Apparently there was a rock or something in one of the ruts on the track. Now they're putting the holes and through the, the carcass into the tube, or are they just popping the... Uh, uh, pinch flats. Okay, so hitting something, yeah, and speculation was that there was a rock in a rut somewhere that the 250 guys were taking that line, so that was why more 250 guys were having the issue than the 450s. Gotcha. Um, but, yeah, still bad, you know, when you've got, uh, I think in the main race, like four different guys yeah. had flaps and had to pull off into the mechanics area and get a tire change and end up a lap down. And, um, <laughs> a couple, One guy had uh, two flats. Talk about some crappy ones. Wow, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, what are the chances? But 250 glass, uh, kind of uh, what it's been this year. Um, Justin Hill got out to an early lead, finished with like a 19-second lead over the rest of the pack. Uh, so definitely very exciting there. Um, he's been working hard. Of course, you know, younger brother of Josh Hill, yeah. um, who recently retired. And, um, you know, definitely great rider. And he's fought a little bit up towards the top, but he really came out and showed what he could do this weekend. Uh, Jeremy Martin came in second, and poor Malcolm Stewart. Um, Malcolm Stewart has had the fastest lap times every race and every practice uh, since the season started for the East Coast boys, and every week he's having some kind of issue. And it's it's much like his brother did coming in uh, for a long time. The only difference is James had issues because he rode over the top of his head. Yeah. And he just, which was, you know, he pushed so hard to get the wins, 
he crashed himself out. Malcolm just you had Atlanta and where they had the, the caution issue and he just misjudged and he come over the face of the jump and landed yeah. right into the side of I think it was Shane uh McElrath. Um then he did pretty good at uh at Daytona. Um but I don't know what happened. Same thing, come out, uh took the lead, was was in front of everybody, uh, and with about four laps to go, got past. And next thing you know, by the time he crossed the finish line, he ended up off the podium. Four laps went from first to fourth. So and I don't know if he just fought so hard with uh, uh, with Jeremy Martin on that that he just ran out of steam or, or what happened there. Um, and then you had Toronto. Uh, he gets into a crash in the very first turn. And actually, uh, of all people, gets into the back of Jeremy Martin. Uh, as Martin's coming over, he catches his rear wheel and gets pulled into the rear tire of another guy, which, uh, if anybody watches dirt racing, is an ugly yeah. scene whenever <laughs> you've got that knobby running 35, 40 miles an hour down the strip and you've got a guy being drugged inside of the rear fender with it. So, yeah, he get, gets pulled up into that, and another guy clips him in the helmet, and I mean, just beat up. Sounds like a jumps up. Cluster. Right. Gets on his bike, jersey's ripped halfway off, his back's hanging out, you know, and, and takes off and then ends up having a uh, mechanical issue, pulls into the, the pits, uh, pulls out, running like, I think like seven laps in. He's 52 seconds down. Yeah. He's not, he's almost a lap down and pumps out just lap after lap. Gets in with like two laps to go. He's within the top ten, and everybody's like, "Wow, you know, he's he's earned himself a top ten finish." Yeah. I'm sitting there. They kind of zoom off of him for a second, and all of a sudden, they come results come across the line, and I see first, second, third, Malcolm Stewart, and I was like, "What?" He pulled a fourth. Out so of he that? Pulled, pulled a pulled a fourth place uh, uh, finish, um, and uh, yeah, uh, just very very impressive to get that's, get as far fantastic. as he did. Um, that's that's probably gotten him because he's not on a factory team, is he? Uh, he is this year. Last year he was doing kind of the privateer thing because he couldn't get a ride. Um, he is riding for Geico Honda this year. So okay, so he's probably he's, he's got a good backing. That's program probably secured time. him a ride at least for the next year and a half, two years. Oh, I don't doubt it. If if he can avoid the crashing, um, he will. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be stoppable. I think the only guys that could contend with him maybe are some of the West Coast boys yeah. like Cooper Webb, but uh, which will we'll be see. it'll be very interesting at the end of this year to see. Uh, yeah. At the East East West Showdown in Vegas, whenever uh, you got Cooper Webb, and Malcolm Stewart lining up on the same starting yeah, that'll game, that'll be fun. That'll be a good race. So, but other than that, uh, yeah, lots and lots of crashes. Several other people uh, got hurt. Christopher Sell got hurt in practice. Um, main main event for the 450s saw um, Chad Reed actually uh, coming into the into the first gate. He gets in the back of somebody's tire and. Just, they had a very, very short start straight, uh, you know, a lot of wrecks with that because people just coming from so wide to so yeah. narrow, so quick, just piling on top of each other. So Chad took a pretty, you know, got slammed in the ground pretty hard, took a tumble, and took a couple of flips down the track, and ended up being attended to by the Astros medical crew. And, That's never. Uh, thankfully, put out a put out a tweet um, yesterday and said, you know, thanks to everybody for the. Uh, the get well wishes and all that said he's a little bit banged up yeah a little bit sore but uh he will be back racing next week so cool fortunately he took a dnf um which hurt him you know he's, he's sitting 
seventh in points now. He started off the season second in points, you know, with with a couple podiums at the beginning of the year. And it's a long season. They'll be. It's fun. been up, yeah. ups and downs and lots uh, of work for him. Yeah. Roxon pulled out and walked off and left everybody. And I've noticed that's kind of been a trend this year. A lot of the battling has been second and third. Yeah. And it's not the same guy pulling out and taking the win every year, but every time somebody does get out, whoever the winner is, they seem to be winning by 10, 15 seconds half the time. Could be, but, you know, the way the tracks are going, they're getting designed and everything else, and, you know, somebody will get the setup better for the whoops or something like that. Because I remember James always ran his front porch really stiff. That way he could get through the whoops really hard. That's why I always, every crash you saw him, it was always a front, one, front end crash. But yeah, I actually took a note off of that stuff from uh, old Jeremy McGrath because I mean, as short as I am, when I was riding dirt all the time, I would have an issue going through the whoops. Yeah. And you know, I did a couple modifications. I I trimmed my subframe, dropped yeah. my, the rear of my bike down an inch, and uh, but another thing I did also is I ran a stiffer front with a softer rear end. Yeah. And I ran 115 millimeters of sag versus the usual 100 to 105. Yeah. Um, which is what McGrath used to do because the bike tracks a lot better through the whoops. And it stays a little bit more level. It's not kicking up as much. So being a shorter rider, yeah. I'm not getting hit in the ass by the seat. Yeah, it's and it wanted to buck me out over the handlebars. Yeah, so. it's not fighting, fighting back yet. But, um, yeah, uh, was it uh, Davey Millsaps got hurt, actually. He went down oh, go. at, in Daytona. Um, for like, like two laps to go. He went down broke three ribs, I think. Yeah. Uh, so he, he's going to be back uh, in Detroit next week, but he didn't miss. Uh, but uh, God, other other pilot, what happened? Uh, Justin Bogle come out first year rookie in the 450s. Uh, he actually got the whole shot. Really? Um, now is this like a oh, what was the NASCAR driver's name? Is this the the whole shot where he just went face first into the top oh. block kind of thing? <laughs> this reminded me sort of that, but um, obviously your your main racers here with the 450 class, and they come out of this this first turn. And they go into, it's basically, it's six double, or excuse me, three doubles, six jumps, obviously. Um, and the faster guys are triple, tripling. Yeah. And he goes in, and he lands, and he gets a little far back on the bike, and he loops out coming off the face to go into a triple. And mm. obviously not not your your 75-foot, you know, sky-high triple, yeah. but um, <clears throat> just a standard, you know, choosing a triple or a quad rhythm section. That's never a good thing when you look it So out. he does that and talk about a collection of riders. Um, <laughs> he immediately, as he does that, he ends up sideways. Jason Anderson comes down off the jump. T-bones inside of him. He eats his handlebars and does a front flip with his bike. Ooh, he gets landed on by his bike Ooh. and another guy's bike. About four or five other riders ended up going down. And, and before anybody even made it to the second turn, it was like... There was already, I think, four guys out of the race. Forget that. Right. And, yes, just lots and lots of carnage. But um, <clears throat> uh, Dungy <laughs> had his first slip-up I've seen him have all season. Really? He was running in second and washed out the front end and went down. And uh, He remounted for third, but uh, Marvin Muscan got past him, and he, he couldn't run him back down. So um, <clears throat> I was kind of rooting for, for Dungy to get a fourth-place finish because uh, one for the record books while he was there uh, – Old Chad Reed used to hold the record for the longest podium streak ever in Supercross. Oh, yeah. He had 25 straight podiums. Yeah, And that Reed was in 03 and 04. Um, and uh, Dungey had tied him coming into this race at 25 podium streaks. He had also, for the last 20, they had been either first or second place finishes. Yeah. Uh, 
<clears throat> so Moosecan obviously knocked out the first or second, but he held on to third. So he now currently holds the record at 26 races straight on the podium, and I we'll just, see what he can do next week. I just hope it doesn't turn into one of these things on TV where it's like every time somebody sneezes, it's breaking a record. <laughs> like on NASCAR, NASCAR and the NFL, like all and stick and ball sports, are they come up with the goofiest records that they're breaking. Like, right. that, that doesn't make any sense. That's a, How is that a record? But whatever. Most, most times appearing on camera. Yeah, it's like most this. waves to the crowd while jumping a triple. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> uh, sports and silliness. But yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much the sum up. And again, very exciting. Obviously, I had two nights in a row watching just yeah. rough track crashes, people having issues. So um, brings to mind a lot of things I could go on a, a long time about with track safety, and yeah. a lot of guys want the track styled back a little bit more like they were four or five years ago, but. Um, so I think it's, it's becoming more and more of a freestyle, you know, show, and the jumps are getting bigger and bigger. And you know, on one note, they want to keep the tracks rougher, but you know, you got a lot more steep and technical obstacles in Supercross than you do in the outdoors. Yeah. Outdoors, you're with the lay of the land, yeah. and so it's. Uh, but nonetheless, it has been a very exciting Supercross season. And um, uh, if I can get, if I just like one, I don't know, ah, excuse me. Only thing I would like to see is somebody challenge Dungey a little bit harder for this championship because right now he's just walking away with it. But we'll see. Yes, we'll see what the rest of the season brings. But uh, that brings us to our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk about something new from Kawasaki. They oh, say yeah, we are. big things come in small packages. So we'll see you here. I'm not commenting on that one at all. Case one twenty five. Him show up. Oh yeah. Oh, just yeah. because with the Sony crap. Yeah. Sony having the marketing rights and everything else, and that's I'm, why it took him so long. I'm so excited to see him being Spider-Man. Because I remember seeing. Looks fantastic. Yeah. I just remember seeing all the concept art of like the new Spider-Man Marvel and just Man you know. Spider and Iron it, Spider or something like that. Well, there is an Iron Spider, but. Well, yeah, no, they were they were that's supposed to be in the movie. Yeah, but that one where it just a kid wearing goggles and stuff. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. Maybe for your first costume before you get discovered. Okay, I get it. But see, they're not going to reboot it. Yeah. They're just going to bring I'm, him in, which is I'm fine. Thankful. Yeah. There's too much reboots. Way too many reboots. No, the character, no, the, the movie that I would like to see a remake, mm-hmm. not really a reboot. Mm-hmm. If they could do the Crow justice, it would be nice to see a new one. Yeah. But it's going to be, that's too difficult. Nobody's going to do it. No, Brandon Lee was the best, period. But anyway, we're not going to talk about this. is a comic book. If you want to hear me talk about comic books. And speaking of which, yeah. I want to give him a shout out. Who? Tim. Tim. Yes. Jarvis. Yep. My Jarvis. He, uh, that is Timbo. Yep. LT. So I give him a shout out. Uh, him and I talked quite a bit uh, after our last episode, actually, yeah. trying to get him uh, situated with uh, Shout Engine, who we use. Yep. Um, so, so I, I think you got it all rocking and rolling. We're awesome. recording, I think Wednesday. Awesome. Far new one. And if you're into comic books and stuff like that, guys, check out it's a uh, comic extravaganza, not so live. Yes. It used to be a live web show, but now we've kind of gone audio and it's not live anymore. Mm-hmm. I yeah. imagine there's going to be a couple of times. It is a lot better than it used to be. 
But um, I'm sure we'll cross paths more than yeah. once in further adventures and episodes. Yeah, yeah comic extravaganza, comic extravaganza, not so live. And find us on Shout Engine and, and iTunes. iTunes right. Yes. Um, also, yeah. do you want to also give a shout out to uh, Noble Savage, who's uh, yes. asked us several questions. He has. Um, he's got his own podcast. Really? Um, yeah. Uh, again, also on Shout Engine, iTunes, and Stitcher. Um, do not listen to him if you are easily butt hurt. Just saying. What's he talk about? Oh, what, what in the butt? Yeah. What? What in the butt? What, anyway. He's got a very different way of thinking. What's he talking uh, about? If you got an open mind towards religion and politics oh. and everything else, give him a listen. If you don't. You won't like it, period. Yeah. But hey, if you're butt hurt, you probably aren't listening to us anyways. True. But uh, that being said, the only reason why we actually do what we do is because of all of you. Um, and we can only go so far. Um, again, this is another Patreon plug. Please, uh, if you like what we do, join us on Patreon. Uh, if you don't know what it is, basically it's a kind of a, like a Kickstarter, but not really. Um, you can... Uh, pledge anywhere between a dollar to however many, however much you want with a cap if you want it, um, and actually help us get further and mm-hmm. move into some other things we want to do. We want to move into uh, more video and graphic media, uh, so we can share our adventures and shenanigans more than just this uh, podcast. And get some cameras that don't lose footage the minute we upload it. Yeah, thanks, Oprah. Yeah, um, as wonderful as they are, we took a little mm-hmm. short. I took a quick little lap. On the Gladius. Yes. Which, and, which was good fun, and I just realized how much work the Gladius takes to make really good. But, yeah, it was one of those things where we got it loaded up, and, and it didn't really... Deleted it, it all. Deleted it all. Yeah. It went bye-bye. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't that great of a lap. I just kind of went and played. And it was a little dark, but it was still. dark, and I wasn't... I'm still kind of getting used to riding again after the crash, and, yeah. you know, I don't know the road, and the bike, and everything else. So... Again, please uh, join us on Patreon and um, see how much further we can get. And push us. Push us to be better. Please. please. We thank you. Now, that being said, let's talk about this new bike that Kawasaki uh, has actually teased it overseas uh, a couple months ago. Yeah, they, they teased about it back in, like, June. Yes. Um, basically, Kawasaki's coming up with their answer to Honda's Grom. And I will say this, it actually looks a little bit, it looks better than the Grom. Yes. Uh, the Grom, if you don't know what it is, is Honda's little 125cc street legal hooligan bike. I mean, learner bike. Um, it's a, it's, 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 <laughs> it, it's a great entry level bike that you can also have a lot of stupid fun with if you know what you're doing. They're actually racing them, they have a class for them in Wira now. Yes. And which looks way too much fun. Oh, yeah. That looks like a lot of fun. Now, Kawasaki can't be un- outdone because, I mean, Hell, look what they did when Honda came out with the Blackbird and Suzuki came out with the Hayabusa. That's the X12. Yeah, they, they can't be outdone. So we've got another 125cc um, street legal stupid fun bike. Um, it's actually a little bit bigger than the Grom. What, size-wise? Uh, yeah, physically. Okay. Uh, the Grom has like a 29-inch seat height, super friendly for a lot of people. Um, the Z125, as it's called... Mm-hmm. Has a 31 and a half inch seat height. That's actually pretty high for a 125. Yeah, that's actually an inch shorter than the height, uh, than my ZX14. Wow. Yeah, it's a pretty tall. That's same height tall. as the as the Gladius, actually. Really? Yeah. Is it? It's not the same wheelbase and all that kind of stuff. No. It? Well, I don't think the wheelbase is going to be any different. Just tall. Wow. Yeah. 
That's gonna be bouncy as yeah. shit. But it's it looks to be a lot of fun. It looks a lot like the uh, the Z800. Yeah. Um, it did look so, a lot like it. Yeah. Which honestly, I I finally saw a Z800. They're um, not bad. The other, it's not bad, but I'm I'm also not super impressed with it. Well, it's one of those where it's that bike there. It's not designed. It's to fight, mm-hmm. you know, the the 750 GSX right. S oh, and the they're they're trying to go after the FZ9 market. Right. The FZ9, the motor, the, that bike right. is actually that's the top of the. Heap right there, right? Which honestly, on paper, looking at the Z800, looks like a lot of fun. There's a lot of I bike just, there. Visually, it just doesn't. Do nah, it. it's yeah. a lot. There's a lot of bike there. It's like when the FZ9 came out. Mm-hmm. You're looking at it, it's like, wow, that's, that's a true. lot of bike for the money. I also didn't like the FZ09 the first time I saw it. Well, the, I don't like the FZ09 looking at it, but the the motor's the the top of the heap right there. That's why everybody buys it. You don't buy Z. The, FZ9 for suspension or anything like that. You buy the FZ9 for the oh, motor. Oh, not. Yeah, you buy <laughs> that for the motor and the and the compatibility with everything and the the possibility of having something really good and having a good platform. But you don't. No, there's no. There's a different lack of suspension on that one. Right. Right. Well, I mean, it's kind of nice to see all these uh, manufacturers coming out with smaller bikes again. Um, you know. As, as a country, we're all very uh, everything has taken by very large displacement. Everything, bikes. well, it's every if it's bigger, it's going to be better. That's yeah. our mentality. Yep. It's like pickup trucks. Everyone buys twice the pickup truck you actually yeah. need. Bigger, faster, yeah, stronger. But I mean, coming from here, we are talking about it. We ride thousand cc bikes, mm, and we have no business. We have no business riding yeah. those things. Tyler's riding eleven hundred. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Dum dum. Yeah, a thump thumb, but it's, I don't know, it's, it, the 125 class has been stale just because nobody buys it. Right. But now, they, with Honda bringing the Grom out, mm-hmm. everybody realized how much fun those things are, because you right. just keep it pinned, mm-hmm. and just act like a complete jackass, yep. and not have to worry about, and not have to worry about getting in trouble. Exactly, I mean, it's it's done that for the, uh, the experienced riders, and it's getting a whole bunch of new people who... Are intimidated by big bikes in the first place. Yeah, you know, not everybody wants a 600 as their first bike. Um, last a lot thing of people don't want a cruiser as their no. first bike, and there's a lot of good choices if they do. Yeah, the last thing I, I remember when I first started riding, the last thing I needed was a 600. Right. That would have been the dumbest thing I could. Have <laughs> that yeah. would have been just stupid. I mean, hell, my first bike was a 500. Well, my first bike I still have. Yeah, that's, that's my SV. My first two motorcycles I owned was a 252 stroke. And a 600, so I really can't <laughs> you, say anything. You dove in the deep end and luckily survived. Right. But mm-hmm. the, the, the Z125, it looks like a fun motorcycle. Mm-hmm. If I mean, they're going to come out with a green gray. They have mm-hmm. to. Right. If they come out with some good color schemes and it's a relatively fun bike and an easy bike to get onto. Mm-hmm. If it's an inexpensive bike. Yeah, and it, they retail for like three grand. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Which I think is still just a little bit cheaper than Honda. Oh, that I'm I'm to the point of all in. That'd be a fun little race bike. Yes, it would. Just sit there and you know, because if you're running Wira, there's two options of getting a lot of track time. You buy two bikes, or you run endurance. And yeah. the only problem with running endurance is you need more than just you. Right. So you gotta have a team. You gotta have a team and all that mess. <clears throat> so picking up a little 125 on a cheap. And right. you put, you know, you buy, say you buy it for three grand. You mm-hmm. get out the door for three grand. You put another 
2500 bucks in. You got if a brand that. new, if that. You got a brand new bike with really good suspension. Mm-hmm. And you can go throw some number plates on it and go have fun and mm-hmm. go road racing. Your tires are cheaper. Tires are insanely cheaper. And, you know, you go to Birmingham and you go to, you know, the bigger tracks, it's the best way to learn learn how to actually ride really fast because you're going to have to keep your momentum up and learn lines and learn breaking yeah, points. Especially and, on a smaller bike yeah, like that where you can't rely on just the power. Yeah, and learn on all that because you screw up on a big bike, you can kind of get away with it. You can kind of power out of it. On a 125, you can't do shit. <laughs> like you just kind of have to sit there and go, well, I'm going to have to, you know, pin it and try and get my momentum back up. But, yeah, it's not going to happen right off the bat. So, yeah. I'm interested in seeing it mm-hmm. just because I, it looks like a neat bike. It looks like it'd be a lot of fun. I'd like to ride one. I, yeah, I'm gonna, oh, yeah. I, I would love to ride one. And it just it would bring a lot of younger people in right. to riding that instead of just jumping straight onto a 600. Right. You know, a 17-year-old kid on a 600 is, is, uh, yeah, it's a, bad idea. is a dead 18-year-old. Right. So if they make it that far, if they make it that far, yeah. You know, but it's nice to see more options too, like the yeah. 300 for the Ninja, which it needed a desperate boost from the 250. Oh god, yeah, that that bike. Well, the Ninja 250 needed, but help anyway. And even then, even between the CBR 250 and the Ninja, the Ninja still took top honors in that. Yeah, well, the a top, lot more fun to ride. The top of the heat for all of it's that KTM RC 390. Yeah, and actually, even their Duke 390, that bike. Looks that like Duke fun. 390 looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, the RC 390. I will say this, around a racetrack with a, with a proper rider on it that doesn't weigh 200 pounds. Um, I guess that's not me. That's not me either. So with that, I mean, it's right there touching lap, touching lap times on really well-written SV650s. Yeah. So, yeah. That 390 is no joke. Yeah, 390 is no joke. Uh, my buddy John just picked one up for track days and stuff. So um, it'll be fun. It, yeah. It's Little bike cli- little bikes are always a lot more fun because you can get away with a whole lot more. Yeah, and you can ride it to its limit, unlike hell six hundred. Unlike anything with modern yeah. suspension. <laughs> right. But anyway. It's good to see. It's good to see. Yeah. Now, yeah, I'm excited to see one. Yeah. Hopefully we'll be seeing it sometime in April. You alright over there? Yeah, I'm good. Tyler <laughs> looked like he he just got the I caught the stomach virus face. Zika. The Zika. Get away from me. There's, you've got a mosquito on you. Uh, I think you're going to be starting the zombie apocalypse. Apparently I can't crunch ice on that side of my mouth. <laughs> Tyler, Is it The teeth are so hurting. I got a drill. It's called... No. Thanks. <laughs> I got some pliers, too. I already had that in heaven. <laughs> yeah, we can hook it up to the back of the Volkswagen. No, there's some days I'm like, give me dentures hey. and I'll, let me be done. Hey, we can put some knee sliders on you and see how long that tooth will hold on. <laughs> The sad thing is, he just actually contemplated that. You can see it in his face. (laughs) It's like, oh, that actually does sound kind of fun. That sounds like, we'll get the video. Until the the thought of tooth pain entered his mind. Nah, we'll we'll video it. It'll be okay. Oh, hell yes. Ouch. Well, I guess we'll have to make sure the GoPros survive that, though. No shit. Yeah. As long as they work and they upload properly, because we're not going to be able to do it again. No, no. (laughs) Well, he's got a second tooth on the other side. I don't... Who cares if it's not ready to fall out? Well, then we'd have to get him really drunk. I can arrange that. Yes, we can arrange that. <laughs> That'll be Sunday fun. Man, I Steve. bet that Z125 is going to be so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get we'll Ooh. get everybody out to... Using that Z125 to pull the tooth out. That Ooh. would be fun. I can't win with these guys. No, you're never going to win. <laughs> Trust me. But yeah. no, it'll be, that'll be... 
That'll be entertaining. Yes. We'll get. We need to get everybody out to Steve's though. Yeah, we we will very Eventually. soon. In fact, we actually have to get him on here soon. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, next Dallas week, will be Dallas, Dallas will be back. back with us, and we'll be talking more shenanigans. More shenanigans. And oh, we had some good ones come up. We might talk about people who, how to handle people who like to be armchair racing analysts when they've never been on a racetrack. Hmm. That one was a, he and I had a very good conversation about hmm. that. Sounds so, like a lot of people on Facebook. Oh gosh, uh, I can't wait. An, an unnamed motorcycle I riders group. Can't wait. Oh, and then I'll tell I'll tell you this one off air because this one this one you can't really you can't really use this one. But anyway, so but yeah, Dallas will be back, so that'll be fun. Yeah, you know more shenanigans and more thoughts on track stuff yeah. and riding in general. Yeah, because he's still looking for a Tuano huh? or something along those lines. He wants yeah, a Tuano. Yeah, he missed out on that street fire. Oh, he missed out on that freaking. I found him a Tuano for fifty two hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was perfect. 08, black and silver, but he just couldn't get all of it. I'm like, eh, come yeah. on. Yeah, what happens? Whatever. There'll be more. There'll be more. They made more, so we'll find him something. Yeah. But um, we got to videotape one of our rides when I'm BMW's good. There we go. Yes, and I can't can't wait to actually get out and travel ride. and ride. And My bike is roadworthy. Is it roadworthy? <laughs> yes. It's roadworthy. With the taillight that's now pointing in the right direction. <laughs> No, interesting fact, while, um, you forgot. We're sorry, the number you're trying to reach is no longer available. Please hang up and try again. Apparently, (laughs) Tyler's brain just went, fuck you! Yeah, so, (laughs) fuck with, uh, Ducati Tech Van. Found out that apparently quite a few guys actually do that on purpose on those bikes, because, as we learned, um, until I saw a picture, you don't really realize that it's upside down, and it actually looks like it could be correct. Um, and so they do it just to have a different look. So very well may have actually been done specifically like on purpose. But nonetheless, it was it was pushing against the uh, the tag bracket, and it looked like it was starting to want to try to maybe separate, kind of give it that that real fine, mm-hmm. slightly stressed look to it. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not letting it take taking a chance on that turning into a crack down the road. So I took it off. I flipped it upside down, or right side up, I should say. Um, I'm not going to lie. When you sent me those two pictures, it took me a minute to figure out what was Yeah, I showed them to Joe at work today, and same thing. He flipped through them probably 15 times. I was like, I don't – I don't. what am I looking for? <laughs> I was like, look at the tail-out region. And even like, then he looked two or three times and was like, wait a minute. I'll Is say this. Down? I know I kind of <laughs> ran it and raved about how I don't want a Ducati. I would actually really enjoy building a custom monster. Yes. Just because they're they're like Legos, everything fits, and I just I love the naked bike stuff, but mm-hmm. I just hate the maintenance on monsters. Right. I'm also really curious on if we can on a triple nine R motor into a hyper motor thing. I don't doubt it. Let me talk to my buddies. Although my that buddies. would also defeat the purpose of reliability. Yeah, then, yeah, if you want reliable, right. don't ever put anything with an R designation for right. Ducati in it. Right. Well. Well, we do know that an 1198 motor will fit in the 748 frame. Quite that's easily. true. It pops right in. But that, that, that's, a good, that's a good project. But anyway. That's um, a project we need funding for. Yeah. <laughs> but. Hit. So, we were talking about Patreon? little bikes. Yes. Now, the little bike stuff is all well and good. But 
you we've talked about this, uh-huh. and it came up as I showed up, as Tina and I showed up for uh, we're recording here. Yeah. Since we're all fans of The Walking Dead. Yes. Um. First off, how heartbroken were you when you saw what's his name last week crash that thing? Uh. For me, I know there's two of them, so I was okay. Oh, I knew there was two of them too, but it was like, what, at least it was on the grass. Yeah, yeah, at least, yeah, this is on the grass. See, that that's what saved me too. Right. But you asked me, and we kind of had this conversation when we showed up. Zombie apocalypse spikes. What would you do? Yeah. Like, the world is ending. That you need the one bike solution that'll allow you to escape, evade, raid, and just survive. What would you pick? I mean, this goes beyond our original question a few episodes back. What is your do-it-all bike? Because, uh, I'm sorry, as much as I like the Molten Strata with all yeah. the electronic and fanciness, in that situation, not the bike. Nope. Because when it breaks, I'm walking. And if I'm walking, I'm probably getting eaten. Yep. Nom nom. <laughs> I'm climbing trees. <laughs> I've got to go with... Now, we have the ability to modify the bike and make it better, correct? Assuming that you can find stuff to do it, yes. Oh, damn it. You know, so let's think about right this moment. We're not anywhere here where my bike is, our bikes are. Okay? And you have, you can pick one bike and that's it. Go off of real world scenario there. Okay? The one bike that if you're going to modify, you have to be able to do it with whatever you know you can actually find. I want to say this too. The no saying you're going to you put can, a fifty uh, a Barrett on the uh, front of a DRZ fifty, <laughs> unless you know where there's a Barrett that you can get to. Guns bigger than the bike. You have to <laughs> strap it to a wheelbarrow on the front. No shit. So yeah, let's say what? So a bike that you could that you would start off by finding mm-hmm. by finding obviously an abandoned motorcycle shop, and this bike is sitting in a showroom somewhere. And I'm going to let you pick whatever bike you want. Okay, so think about that one. What would it be? Me? I already know what I want. What is it? I'm getting because there's still going to be pavement mm-hmm. and roadworks mm-hmm. that you're still going to use. Mm-hmm. And but you still need the ability to get away <laughs> if you need to go overland. Yes. Um, I got to go with probably a DRZ 400 SM or one of those 620 Adventures. Mm-hmm. Maybe not a KTM 620 Adventure because they're not very reliable. Maybe like a a DRZ 400 SM would be what I'd want because they're dead reliable. The fuel tanks are decently sized, so you hang on to them for a while, and then they're like dump trucks. They never go away. They're solid, and it's just and you can bug out really quick and get away from them really quick. But yeah, that's me. What would you do to it then? You'd obviously have to have bags so you can find the stuff that, you know, use the stuff that you find out when you're scavenging or wherever you're doing. Um, hmm. You'd have to have somewhere to put a weapon of some kind. And then your basic hand guards. Mm-hmm. That way you don't get. Your hands and all that kind of stuff hurt. Um, quiet muffler. 
Mm-hmm. And some good streets slash off-road tires because you're not always going to be on one or the other. Right. So that's what I'd pick. I'd pick an SF. You know, on that similar note, I would probably go with the KLR 650. Not the yeah, fastest thing out I there. I forgot about that bike. Not the fastest out there. I'm sure that 400 is going to outrun the 650. But it's the do-it-all. I mean, hell, the there's a Kawasaki one. dealer everywhere. Yeah. The boxy one, yeah. not the new, the newer yeah. rounded one. The Preferably boxy. one that's had the doohickey mod done, whatever yeah. that is. Um, but yeah, I'd go with one of those just because, I mean, there's a Kawasaki dealership in almost every town. Yeah. Um, Cars are going to be fairly easy to find. As long as you keep your oil up, I mean, that thing should run forever. KLRs, yeah, they're dead reliable. Yeah, I mean, if, if, you, if you actually end up around a military base, mm-hmm. they had diesel versions. Yep, exactly. Which, maybe not necessarily so important for the diesel, but at that point, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hold up to just about anything. Well, that, you can I mean, drop it, you can take it off, or unless you do some serious damage to it, it'll keep running. Well, the diesel, and you can run it on vegetable oil, you can make it on too. But whatever. Yeah, and of course the usual, the hand guards, the bags, yeah. um, and keep them up for stock so it's fairly quiet. Yep. That's what I would do. What you got, Tyler? Hmm. It's kind of hard. Uh, if I found one, if I was gonna go with something along your all's lines, I'm gonna say it'd be whichever one of these two I found first, because it's hard for me to pick one, but. I would either go with the Triumph Tiger 800 XC because I think it's big enough, powerful enough, and a bright enough headlight. You know, you, you're, there's a good chance that if you find the right dealer, hey, maybe they'll have some of the, the bags and stuff already there. You got some hard luggage, that kind of thing. But I would be torn between that or a KTM 300 XC Woods Life. You know, with the test the push button two stroke in it. Uh, correct. Yep. Yeah. 300 CC two stroke. It's already got a woods canister on it. If they happen to have one of the uh, one of the spark arresters, you know, I mean, you've got it's a two-stroke. So while it's a little more ring-dingy and ear-pitchy up close, the sound does not travel nearly no. as far. You know, the uh, only reason I strayed away from a KTM actually was just because while KTMs are a lot more popular now, finding a, a dealer to find parts yeah. is going to be a lot more difficult. And that's where I think. But you could rebuild it on the side of the road. And this is one of those things where I would have to look. And if I found one of the dealership, I would rummage to their parts department, and I would look for the head gaskets, I would look for the O-rings, I would look for pistons, and I would get me like three or four sets of top ends, and I'd put them in a, in one of the bags. Mm-hmm. And then obviously you're not going to get a hard bag, so you either have to weld something on, which a lot of motorcycle shops will have a welder, yeah. or I would just get like just an kind of like an OGO soft yeah. throwover and just throw my stuff in there. Mm-hmm. I might actually end up going for the BMW eventually. Anyway, so the only other thing, the only downside to the KTM I could see possibly would be, it's a two-stroke woods bike, so it's still going to get pretty good fuel range, but small gas tank. Yep, yeah, small gas. So tank. my biggest thing there would be I would two-stroke oil. Yeah, yeah, I would hope. Obviously, that would be in the shop, so I'd, I'd load up on some of that, um, but. Because when it comes down to that, I mean, how hard is it going to be at that point to find good gas? Right. Um, so, you know, you're, you're going to have to load up on, uh, which that would be one extra, extra thing regardless. So I'd have to load up on premix. We'd all have to load up on, on some, on some, some kind of ethanol fuel. treatment right. or stabilizer or something right. to help at least somewhat give the gas some more potency. Mm-hmm. But 
Yeah, um, lightweight, easy to get to the woods, throw some barkbusters or whatever hanging on the wall on it. And, right. And, uh, and yeah, board. just, just yeah. rock and roll with it. I mean, plenty of power and torque. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it's light enough that if I get in a situation where I need to put up a hit, put it up, a, push it up a hill, yeah. I'm yeah. less likely to end up leaving the bike landing against the tree. Right, so. which, you know, KLR is not going to be fun. No. Yeah. Although I have seen some KLRs in the air pretty well. <laughs> I was like, oh no, don't, oh god. Sounds like you break them right. crash. Or an Africa twin, but I've not ridden one yet. So Right. And again, this comes with the fuel injection and all the yeah. electronic stuff that in that situation would scare me. Yeah. I yeah. want a carburetor on the two stroke for the win. Give me a yeah. Royal Enfield. An old one. <laughs> Just any of them, because they're all the same anyway. Oh, well, that's so true. They, they will run for forever. The problem is, you won't be able to find parts. My old KZ440. Lightweight, <laughs> throw some dirt track and knobbies on it, points ignition, yeah. grab a spare ignition goal, mm-hmm. extra set of points, yep. and, matchbook, uh, and a bunch of spark plugs. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. There you go. So, that being said, what's your uh, bug out bike? What's your choice for the apocalypse? Yep. We'd like to hear what you think. Podcast at wingmansgarage.net. Hit us up on Twitter. Hashtag apocalypse bike. Sounds good to me. Yep. Uh, and then... Leave us a review on iTunes. Yes, please, please, please. Can you get us up in the rankings. That'd be kind of that would be really nice of you. Yeah. Just oh. leave us a review on iTunes, and we'll give you a virtual high five. Yes. In fact, we're cool. free to it right now. There you go. Free high five. There's your high five right yep. here. Up high. There you there go. That's for you. So uh, Tyler got laughed out. Hold on. Here you go. There you go. Now you got hey, two virtual hey, high fives. Hey. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Twenty <laughs> of them. There you go. Yeah. So five of you are gonna be okay. Yes. So for all five of you who are leaving reviews, tell your friends. Let them leave reviews too, please. Um, I guess that just about wraps up episode eleven. Yeah, for pretty the, much. We're all kind of just. Yeah, Daniel looks drowning. like he's about to join the Walking Dead. Yeah, I'm drowsing out. It's kind of terrible. Yeah. But anyway. But uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week uh, with Dallas joining us. Dallas will be uh, in the building. We won't be recording here at the garage, but that's all right. We'll be at the track rats place. We are the garage, no matter where we are. True. <laughs> Has anyone ever noticed? We're watching. Sorry, we've got uh, men in tights going right now, but Richard Burks's mole moves the whole time. Of the yes, movie. yes, it does. It's great fun, always. That's Robin Hood, men in tights. Yeah. yeah, not men. Shut up, Chris. You're the one that made it weird. Oh, we started off weird. We might as well end weird. Yep. All On that right. note, guys, thanks for listening. This is Chris the Wingman, Daniel the Track Rat. Tyler the Hooligan. And Silentina. Saying good night. Bye. Later, dudes. Thank you for listening to Wingman's Garage. For business inquiries, email us at podcasts at wingmansgarage.net.